Welcome to Dragon Talk. That's a new theme song. I just made it up. I like it. Yeah. Cool. This is us here for the 299th episode of Dragon Talk. Oh my God. It Isn't is. Isn't that nuts? The eve of the 300th. We're getting there. We're getting so close, right up to the edge. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so close. I have vertigo looking towards that edge. (laughs) It's right there. The precipice of history. We have been doing this since, well, since I started. That's basically when we're starting this counting. uh, Yeah. Even though my first appearance on the podcast doesn't have a lot of fanfare to it. I'm just like one of voice of many in uh, an interview. It was um, a chorus of, it's of a, yeah, interviewers. Like one of the Greek chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is it. This is the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Shelly and I have been doing this for 300 episodes. For 300. Time yeah. flies. That is a lot. That is years. It's not like we do them several times a week. No. It no. is once a week for many years. Um, and it is quite the milestone. We don't celebrate it enough. Uh, I don't think we've never really done like any type of milestones on the podcast before, but we're doing it now. Yeah. And I like that we decided to, you know, just decide, decide to look and see how many episodes. And it was like three shy of 300. Yeah. So we're having a party and you're That's all invited. Right. You can check us out on June 11th. Friday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, we're returning the triumphant return of Dragon Talk to twitch.tv slash D&D for a special one-hour episode. We'll talk about all the fun stuff that's happening in our week of legend lore at Dungeons & Dragons. So uh, if you've been trying to follow along uh, with all that, we will sum it up for you, perhaps throw a little bit more details out there. But then we'll be hearing from Bart Carroll, who started this podcast uh, along with some other folks. Like Shelley Mazenoble. I mean, I probably was there with moral support. You were keeping it going. Yep, yep. Um, we'll also hear from Ryan Marth and Lisa Carr, the two of the amazing folks who help produce this podcast. Basically, produce it all. We just we're I the mean, helpers. They're at this point. They're the they are Dragon Talk. <laughs> they are Dragon Talk. Let's, they are. Let's be honest. It would be nothing. Um, well, that'll be in that hour-long special. And again, we'll recap all the fun stuff that D&D is talking about uh, over the week of Legend Lore, um, mm-hmm. including uh, a nice little interview with Erica Fermina, who played our fun Eliwick Tumblestrom character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually don't think she played Eliwick. I think she is Eliwick. She embodied it. I mean, that was a pretty startling transformation which i'm putting in quotation marks because uh she's amazing and she's yeah. very elliwick so absolutely uh Excited we'll also have brandy camel on there to talk through some fun stuff as D community manager um, uh it's gonna be a hoot so come in and watch it uh 11 a.m pacific time friday june 11th to watch it live we'll be following along in chat but of course, that will be up uh, as a VOD later. So if you're not able to see it, and we're going to put it up the audio as a special episode here on Dragon Talk too. A special bonus. Um, I have an idea. Yeah. Let's break some more news during that episode. We are going to break all of the magic cards from Adventures in the Forgotten. That's Realms. not even well, what I was thinking about. 
Actually, just two. Two of those things. Still. Yeah. That's super cool. But also maybe some more announcements that we haven't shared throughout the week. We'll share in that literal 11th hour. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know about what these announcements are. Are you going to spring it on me now? You're the one who's always holding it close to the chest. Yes, you do. I do? Think about the calendar. Now I'm good. Now I don't Think know. Think about the copy you were working on today. It's good copy. It's really mm. good copy. It was real it's good. The best. I haven't had I a chance can't wait to, read to read it. All of it, but I will. Um, <laughs> we're changing <laughs> all the copy as we speak. It's all being redlined. Stet, stet, stet. <laughs> um, but before we get to that amazing uh, milestone, we are excited to talk to uh, Jessica Lynn Parsons and Katie Michaels of The Dungeon Run, um, yes. all about their characters and their uh, transformation from performers to producers. Um, we, you know, we know a little bit about that as, uh, uh, as being former theater people. So um, it's really exciting, and uh, it's been great to, to um, see that series blossom. Yes, definitely. Um, and what a great cast, many of whom have been guests on Dragon Talk. But I love the story about how they they got together in the first place, I answered know. the call for adventure. Yeah, and we'll hear yeah. it from their point of view. Uh, we had Jeff Kanata, the Dungeon Master, and uh, Morgan Peter Brown uh, previously. So excited to uh, get uh, the female perspective of yes. Dungeon Run. Absolutely. Yeah, some good stuff. Uh, we also have a wonderful random character generator with me and Brandy. Um, but we should probably go through some of that news that we've already announced by the time you're listening to this. Because I think it's at the tip of everyone's tongues. Mm-hmm. What mm. say you? That was very much, uh, what was that uh, third rock from the sun? That guy, the actor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly who. I look just like him now, look. Oh, God. I had it for a second and I lost the name. Mm. Uh, but that's it. for all of you not kid, 90s kids. I'm sure you're, you're screaming it out, out loud. 90s. As to was this the in the 90s? Did. That was in the 90s. French oh, yeah. Stewart. French Stewart. Yes. Yes. So that was Shelley's impression of French Stewart. You'll also get to see her uh, Jennifer Aniston and Daniel Day Lewis uh, impressions later on uh, in the interview. Um, not really. But I think the most exciting thing for everyone to know about is. What's the name of this book that's coming out in I September? Can't say it. The Wild Beyond The Witch Light. Yeah! We're going to the Feywild. You were right, everyone who guessed it was the Feywild. Um, I say it's about time. It's about dang time. Uh, it is very exciting. We're not telling you really anything else beyond the fact that it is a Feywild adventure. Light. Set in fifth edition, uh, it's yeah, it's using fifth edition rules. I don't know if you guys know that, but that's, <laughs> it that's, was uh, it was a choice, definitely. But uh, yeah, we decided to stick with. We fifth considered edition. second edition briefly, but then we're like, no, you know what? Let's let's stick with this one edition. Mm-hmm. That'd be confusing. Yeah, uh, but lots of fun adventure in store for you. If you think you know the Feywild, you might, but you may also be wickedly surprised mm. by this. What about some whimsy? Do you get any whimsy in there? Maybe a little whimsy. Yeah. Maybe um, a little Chris Lindsay. <laughs> oh, that's really cute. Definitely <laughs> some Chris Perkins. And we know you love the Chris Perkins. It's true. He this is, is straight out of his strange little mind. 
That's right. Uh, and it's, it's amazing seeing the fun stuff. There is so much wonderful artwork to share. Oh. You will get more information at D&D Live from our friends uh, at G4 producing that on July 16th and 17th. There will be tons of D&D games with uh, people you know from other properties playing Dungeons & Dragons together. Very exciting stuff there. More to come on news uh, on that front. Um, but you'll find out everything about the wild beyond the witch light then. So you better tune in. Yeah, that's July 16th, 17th. a lot to know. A lot to know. We also, uh, not to be outdone, we have another book to talk about real oh quick. God. I'd say that we're kind of crushing it this year. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, they just keep getting better and better. Um, have you ever wanted to go to a school of magic? Yes, I have, Shelley. I have, as someone who plays spellcasters often, it's always been something that I've been interested in. And guess what? You can. What type of study is available at this? Oh, I'd say it's a curriculum of uh, chaos. Curriculum of chaos. How cool is that title, by That's the way? A very good. Whoever title. came up with that one. Yeah. Love it. So we are going back to a Magic: The Gathering plane uh, that has been in the cards. Right now, uh, if you're playing on Magic Arena or, or uh, you know, getting these cards, not from Walmart, but from other places, uh, you can, uh, you'll know what we're talking about. It's Strixhaven Curriculum of Chaos, and it is a D&D book uh, similar to uh, Theros and um, Ravnica uh, that details all of the fun stuff about playing Dungeons & Dragons in that milieu in that setting but Shelly you were going to say something what are you going to say similar I was going to say yes Theros and Ravnica but similar but also different mm. but I'm not going to tell you how <laughs> <laughs> you are full of mystery <laughs> you're going to have to tune in to it D&D is similar Live. but different that is true there is a lot of, of differences and some really significant fun differences that I think a lot of, I'm going to say us, I'm going to put myself in that category Mm. and are really excited about. Yeah, because it will have redacted. And beep. Beep. (laughs) I love beep. Yep. Oh, man. Beep is going to be my best friend at that school. uh, Yeah. And then we, we get to bleep and bleep. And blabbered. Yep. And, and bing bongs. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> More information uh, will be coming, uh, but there is a wealth of information uh, in Strixhaven lore, and so we can't wait to kind of present that in a D&D way to you in this book. What's the release date on that one? It's November... November 17th. 17th. Or is it 16? Whatever it's, one is It's in the teens. It's there. It's in November. You got some time to think about it. We will get those release dates set to memory 16. pretty soon. 16. 16. Yep. Interesting. Yep. It is yeah. interesting. I wouldn't have done <laughs> I would have gone with 17. Interesting. Yeah, that's a choice. 16 Strixhaven. Oh, that's, I'm um, sure that's why they picked that date. Who were the ad wizards that came up with that one? Those ad wizards. <laughs> uh, but that's exciting. Two great D&D products out there, and you can jump in to Strixhaven to find out what college you may belong to with a new Unearthed Arcana. Hey, that came out hey. yesterday. 
You can check it out. Download it right now. For those of you who don't know, Unearthed Arcana is our playtest document where we put stuff out there uh, to try out in your game and we get uh, very valuable feedback from our playtesters about what works, what doesn't. Um, so you can uh, take a look at that right now on the D&D website, DungeonsDragons.com. Download Mages of Strixhaven and you get a little taste of what's to come in that I book. I'm going to do it. What, and we'll find out what mage school you're going to be in. Yes, I'm very curious. Yeah, I, like, I, I think it might know. be the art. There's like an art school, so mm. I think that seems right up your alley since you're such an artist. I mean, a voice artist. <laughs> a voice Am right? artist. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> uh, There's okay. even more fun stuff that we're going to be announcing in the couple of days to come, uh, but everyone should be excited about Dark Alliance uh, that is coming to your consoles and to PC you can play as one of the companions of the hall. That's right, Dristo Erden, Cadbury, Wolfgar, or Brune or Battlehammer. They all have distinct personalities, uh, different combat uh, skills out there, and you can drop in and play on a co-op, um, you know, pretty easily over the online or uh, eventually. And we're we're really working working hard as we can to get this in there. Playing on a couch together, co-op, split screen, two people. You can make it happen. Uh, and it's definitely that type of game to be able to jump in and have some fun a la, uh, you know, an action brawler. So we're looking forward to that on June 22nd. Uh, it will be a, on Xbox Game Pass on that day, uh, as well as uh, whatever platform you like to play it on. Awesome. Yeah. Well, There's that's... new gameplay coming out today, some previews. Check them all out. Um, and yeah, and then we'll have more announcements to come following this week of legend lore. Yay. If you want to find out about all that, go to DungeonsAndDragons.com or follow along on our social platforms and watch all the amazing videos from Ellie Wick Tumblestrom. They are in-world, very jokey, tons of fun putting that together, uh, and I can't wait for you to uh, check them out. And uh, don't forget to watch us live Friday, June 11th. That's right. Um, and that whole uh, fun thing about coming up with that character or using that character to talk about this was really generated by Brandy Camel, uh, our D&D community manager, and I can't wait to get into a random character generator with it right about now. Do it! Welcome to another random character generator. I am Greg Tito, and I'm joined by Brandy Camel. Hi, Brandy. Hi, Greg. How are you today? And hi, Banks. How are you? I'm doing just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Binks is a new kitten uh, that we are very excited to welcome to Random Character Generator, the segment where we roll up a random third-level character on D&D Beyond, get all of the fun decision-making out of the way, and then Brandy and I improvise and make up what that character's backstory might be. Uh, And so without uh, much more talking about it, let's go ahead and do it. We have, oh, wow. Aida Goldfound. Aida Goldfound. All right. All right. Lotus Den Halfling, third level artificer. Artificer, ooh. Okay, so this is super interesting. Uh, for, for those of you who aren't aware, Lotus Den Halflings are a type of halfling that is found in Wild Mount. So Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount is where you would find uh, this variation on halfling. Um, they tend to be really nature-y. 
Uh, so the idea of an artificer in this regard is a little bit against their their inherent nature, but you know that doesn't mean that uh, it's not something we can't explore. Right, that's what makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the background is a sage a researcher. Ooh, okay. Uh, around artif. Oh yeah, this is. This I mean, is this a- is this lines up really well, to be perfectly honest. So this is someone who, uh, honestly, I could I could even see you subbing in that that sage background for like the cobalt soul uh, background in Wild Mountain as well, um, would line up really, really well in terms of the like pursuit of knowledge and, and wanting to explore new avenues and, and uncover secrets and things of that nature. That's super cool. Um, as far as stats go, no, you know, uh, 10 strength, um, decent dexterity, uh, highest is in constitution, which I'm not sure that's going to be very useful. That's a pretty chunky constitution. This is a, this is a hearty halfling. A hearty halfling with then, you know, pretty basic uh, 13 intelligence, 13 wisdom, 11 charisma. So nothing really outstanding there. Just a very hearty artificer trained in arcana, Mm -hmm. history, perception. You know, I could see this being the type of character who uh, is, you know, ideally your, your craftsman in your campaign. It's somebody that you go to maybe... Get your armor or weapons enchanted, or get the the latest cool toys. I could I could easily see this being your almost um. Oh, what's the what's the word for it? I'm totally blanking on the name of the character, but like this is your your 007, You know, oh, equipment. Like a Q? Yeah, this is like your Q character, but you know, in halfling artificer form. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I could see that too. Yeah, and then the uh, far as tools uh, that they're proficient in, Aida has got cobbler's tools, so it can make some amazing boots or shoes, glass blowers' tools, uh, thieves' tools, and tinkers' tools. Uh, yeah, so it, it could definitely be a character who has like a workshop uh, that is constantly making magical inventions. Um, but I love that the nature thing... So do you think that they would be outcasts of their culture or would they the, be just a, you know, an eccentric? You know, actually, this maybe this is somebody who's using technology for the pursuit of, of preserving nature or, mm. you know, helping, helping recover an area that's been, you know, war-torn or destroyed by some other forces. Um that could could be an environmental researcher. I could I could very easily oh, yeah. see uh, taking a twist on artificer and going going that way with it. I, I definitely think so. Um, I love the the name Aida Goldfound. Goldfound, yeah, that's such a cool name. Um, I and you know Goldfound is one of those names that you know you could almost go you could go gnome with it, you could go halfling with it, you could go dwarf with it. This is a very flexible last name. Yeah. I feel like maybe their family was some type of miners or, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, discovered, um, you know, a bend in the river that had uh, gold nuggets in and they would pan for gold and, and that's how they got their family name. Um, and that wealth provided Aida with the ability to, to purchase all these tools and, and, mm-hmm. and create this workshop where none existed before. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so yeah, where, so, uh, would you think that they would be, and just with the name Aida and it's spelled E-I-D-A, um, yeah. 
But I'm, I'm thinking this is a, a feminine character, right? I think so too. Yeah, this, I'm definitely leaning more feminine with this character. Um, I, age-wise, I could see it going all over the place. This could be someone who's very young in their career. This could be somebody who's very experienced and has had the time to to kind of evolve their craft. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could. You could go kind of any direction, um, age-wise. I think. And with being a sage, for some reason, that just feels like like a, I don't know, like getting like the big gray beard and gray hair and, and all yeah. that stuff. Um, but you're right; it doesn't necessarily need to be, uh, you know, uh, a a very old character, um, but learned. Learned for sure. And then, as far as spells chosen, there's booming blade. Always good uh, to have. Druid craft, which might be from the Lotus Den. Yep. Uh, 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 lineage, yeah. um, resistance. That's always handy to have. Always a good uh, at will cantrip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then first level spells got entangle, shield, and thunder wave. Yeah, that entangle also comes from the lotus den uh, halfling background. Yeah. Yeah. So how 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 exactly is this artificer druid uh, folklore kind of? you know, dr- dramatized in Aida's character in your mind? Um, I do I do actually really like the idea of that, like, environmental scientist character. I mean, you could you could almost go a little, like, Poison Ivy with this character if you really mm. wanted to, uh, where, you know, she's a, she's a verified scientist. She's very intelligent and knowledgeable about these things, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, the plants are what matters, um, or nature's what matters. That's what needs to win out. Yeah, with the glass blowing tools, I immediately went, perhaps uh, uh, a little bit more into the inebriant side of things. But mm-hmm. that would mean that they would also have the ability to create a greenhouse, which is yeah. something that is not, uh, you know, super common in in D and D fantasy stories, but would be perfect for this character. So they would be, you know, uh, tending an entire uh, crop of of herbs or or, or, or foodstuffs or anything that would be important for the community. I could see it as like conservation of endangered plants, things like that. You know, yeah. um, maybe this is a character who's decided to uh, head out to Jorhas, which is a very war-torn area of of Wildmount, um, and they've they've found a you know an endangered plant that they want to kind of cultivate and bring back, and and uh, and building a greenhouse and building this idea of like the ideal setting for this plant to flourish. Um, and and having those two sides of their knowledge, both the the you know know how of nature, but also just the know how of of science doing part of the job too. Um, weird uh, little bits here for their languages learned. Uh, we got those are interesting and choices. Celestial. <laughs> well, you know, Jorhas, in terms of its history, uh, was one of the areas where the um, where like the major war between the gods happened. In Exandria, so maybe maybe that's kind of the the basis of this is is you know needing to know the the history of that area. You know, being trained in history aligns really well with this. Mm. Um, so maybe maybe that's part of of the play of doing all of this research. Right now, do you see Aida as as an adventurer, as someone that would go out and try to find these plants, and maybe that's that's her her motivating factor? But she would still go back. You know, home occasionally. I, I, yeah, what do you what do you, what are you envisioning her adventuring career like? I could see this as being that uh, type of adventure. There's a there's a recurring character type that happens, and of course, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go super offshoot nerd here for a moment. But uh, 
<laughs> I'm super into like the Harvest Moon story of seasons kinds of games. There's always this character who's around who's like the the traveling naturist who goes off to find super rare flowers and plants to, and mm. bring them home to to their hometown. So that's kind of where the the inspiration I've got in the back of my mind that's I'm definitely tapping into for this. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense. Um, and then as far as being able to do some of the the artificer type stuff, you know, they mm-hmm. would build. Uh, magic tinkering, uh, as well as uh, the artillerist, is their is their specialty, which is that definitely leans you more in the adventuring kind of nature, right? Like right. artillerist is a very like offensive style of play for artificers, so I think that that aligns actually pretty well uh, for think, for being more the adventuring type. Yeah, do you think that um, their artillery looks like plants? That could be kind of cool. You just go like full plants versus zombies mode. and just Yeah. <laughs> I love that idea. I think that's awesome. I do too. Yeah, because then yeah, their, their main thing is they're able to create a cannon, an Eldritch cannon mm-hmm. uh, at third level. Yep. Uh, which could be really cool as being like a, a, a plant-like uh, thing. Yeah. Just carrying around a pea shooter, like a, a literal pea shooter. A literal pea shooter. <laughs> that is very cool. I like that too. Um, all right, what, uh, what, what does Aida Goldfound look like? Oh, what does she look like? So I guess we, we probably need to settle on age as part of that, right, in terms of, of figuring that out. I know with Lotus Den Halflings, they tend to have uh, kind of offshoot nature color style hair. Mm. So this could be somebody with like wild green hair or, or different kinds of autumn brown or, or things of that nature. It really depends on the direction you want to go to. I'm nice. kind of leaning more the the like... Maybe like a rust brown of the the kind that blends the two sides of her, right? You know, uh, with the the metalworking side of being an artificer, but also like the kind of autumnal or or grounding to earth um, sort of color palette. Okay, yeah, I like the rust colored hair. What about what do they are they neat? Does Aida keep herself looking, uh, you know, always gone, or is she more of the disheveled, uh, you know, druid who, you know, Radagast them around? Yeah, I, I'm thinking more the the disheveled <laughs> type. Yeah. Like this, this is someone who, the, you, you know, you pop into her shop or her tinker's workshop or something. She pops out from behind whatever she's working on. She's just covered in dirt and grime and whatever, whatever the leftovers are of what she's working on. <laughs> That's cool. Did you ever watch the Tinkerbell movies? Uh, I haven't, but um, they were big I, in my house when, when <laughs> with with my kids. Um, and what I always loved about them is they take this character from Peter Pan and they make her an engineer. She's a tinker. She's a tinker ah, fairy, and so she's sense. making all of these things. And I, I, as we're describing this, I just was like, "Oh wait, this is Tinkerbell from those movies." She's basically, totally. uh, you know, using nature, using things that she finds that are mechanical. But then combining them with the love of nature in order to, uh, you know, uh, do what fairies need to do, which is, you know, make sure that nature is, is working. And so I feel like there's, there's something like that. And that is Tinkerbell's shtick where she was always covered in, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, grease or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and never, never quite as fancy as the rest of her friends are. <laughs> I yeah, I could, I could see that being Aida's chosen look or, or rather just like choosing to not care that much about it. <laughs> exactly. All right. All right, so what does she uh, what does she sound like? What is what is Aida's voice? Oh, what does she sound like? Um, I'm I I always tend to go a little bit higher for my halflings. I don't I don't know why that is, 
but uh, I think she's probably a little bit fast-paced. She's got lots of thoughts running through her head. She needs to to talk a lot about the things that she's got going on. And, oh, wait, I have this thing I totally need to show you. This is going to be really cool. You're going to love this. Um, I think excitable, uh, <laughs> fast-paced. That's that's kind of where I'm going with this character. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is, that's mine. You know, fast-talking, you know, uh, always on to the next thing. Um, can't can't let the, her, you know, the, her thoughts aren't catching up with her speech necessarily. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right, cool. Well, I think we got everything here for you. Anything else you wanted to to discuss before I give a summary? Oh no, I think I think we've got like the high notes on this, you know. And this is this is someone I could definitely see either being an adventurer you run into from time to time, or maybe this is a recurring NPC that you encounter. You know, you your your party stops in at uh, at one of one of the towns along the way in Jorhas or or maybe runs into her on the road to to your next adventure uh, and you and you swap stories and maybe some trinkets along the way like that I, I could see this being a in an either or sort of situation agreed yeah um so uh Aida Goldfound is a lotus den halfling um her family uh, was independently wealthy by finding a, uh, a bend in the river that had gold within it, and she used that in order to um, fund her uh, studies. Uh, she is extremely fond of uh, learning about new species of plant and wants to conserve and make sure that they uh, you know, stay um, uh, viable uh, for as long as possible. Uh, she taught herself how to blow glass and, and be a... a, a uh, creator of perhaps greenhouses that is able to house some of these things and well as her, her workshop. Um, she is an artificer, so she creates lots of uh, contraptions, some of which might be nature-based and uh, allows her love of history uh, to uh, inform the languages that she knows. So she knows a lot about what is going on with the ancient war between the gods, and that's why she knows Abyssal, she knows Celestial, she's maybe read those original texts in those languages, and therefore she uh, can speak about those subjects very well in addition to uh, uh, preservation. Um, And she might be motivated to go out and adventure uh, in order to find some rare plants or discover more things about uh, her chosen profession, and she uh, often has a companion slash Eldritch Cannon um, that can uh, defend her in battle as like a little pea shooter uh, out there, literally shooting peas uh, out of what looks like a uh, plant's um, sprouts uh, out there. And she, uh, she's a, she's a fast talking lady, and will always be excitable and ready to tell you about the latest plant species that she found. I love her. I, I, I would play too. this character. She sounds fun. Sounds really fun. Uh, awesome. Well, that's Aida Goldfound. Thank you so much, Brandy, for talking through this random character with me. Uh, where can people perhaps ask you how to voice Aida uh, in, in, in their, their upcoming campaigns? I'm always happy to talk about uh, all the crazy things that we do here on RCG as well as just anything we've got going on for Dungeons & Dragons. You can find me most frequently on Twitter at Dainty, D-A-Y-N-T-E-E. Excellent. Uh, and you can find... A link to Aida Goldfound on uh, D&D Beyond if you want to use some of the stuff that we came up with for inserting her in your campaign. I, I agree. She would be a fantastic addition as a, as a wandering NPC or um, perhaps as a patron uh, wanting you to go out and get some, some rare plants for her uh, from her Absolutely. from her workshop. That sounds great. 
That sounds like an adventure hook right there. I know, right? There's like three of them in here. Uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> so hopefully uh, you can uh, check out that link and, and, and put it in your game. And we'd love to hear from it. I'm at Greg Tito. And please tell us everything about uh, Aida Gold Found in your campaigns. Very fun character to come up with. It was Brandy's, I think, shining moment because she knew all the lore behind this character and it was fantastic. So, wow. Uh, thanks for that, Brandy. And speaking of Thank coming you, up with Brandy. characters and the difference between them and their performers or not, I think we, it's time to talk to these two ladies from Dun- Dungeon Run. What do you I think? I can't wait. <laughs> Everyone, let's welcome Jessica Lynn Parsons and Katie Michaels to Dragon Talk. Yay! Thank you for having us. So excited. You two are performers extraordinaire uh, and uh, role players on Dungeon Run. Yes. For uh, two and a half years now, right? We just had our two year. Just had our two year. Oh, right, right, right. I know. It feels like it. It feels like forever. Into the future. Yeah, April was two years. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked to uh, a couple of your castmates uh, as well as uh, your dungeon master, um, but it's really exciting to talk to you guys because we, you know, the whole setup for this show I think was a little bit uh, uh, crazy for us when we were like, oh man, they actually cast it like it was. <laughs> it wasn't just friends getting together and rolling dice and they're like, yeah, let's put it on the thing. But you guys actually followed. You know some of the old back page ads to to audition for this, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I know that on Morgan's uh, when he was on with you guys, he kind of explained how intense and crazy that was. But yeah. um, we can definitely say, especially after passing the two year mark, that we became best friends almost instantly. It, not only was it good casting, but it was just uh, they just knew who had good chemistry, and it, we're so grateful that that bled over into real life and. Yeah, yeah. Well, very close. So did you, now, I I remember talking about the, the casting and it was like blowing our mind. How like yeah. auditioning for like Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons. But did you, so did any of you know each other No, I beforehand? think that's the wild thing is I think, because I, I think they have like casts and D&D shows, but I, I think I'm the only one that we know, that I know of that it's like we were complete strangers to each other. I don't think any of us knew each other at all. No, is, yeah. no, wow. yeah. That's the power of D and D, right? right? Like to be able to bring, I know. I mean, these people together, and then just yeah. have those bonds forged. Well, I mean, that's kind of what we hear when we talk to people who are like, "Oh, what was your first experience?" They're like, "Well, I'm still playing with my gaming group for 30 years, and it feels like you guys artificially in some ways, but now it's still the same thing." Yeah. Well, you know what's bizarre is that because of our special circumstance, we got to know each other via our characters mm. for more hours, many more hours than we did one-on-one personal time. So that's kind of an extraordinary way to get to know a group of people. Spending four hours a week playing pretend, using funny accents, and maybe two hours of, two to three hours of, of FaceTime, <laughs> of, of real is, lifetime. Are you ever, okay, be, be honest, you don't have to name names, but is there anyone you're like, oh, I kind of like your character better. <laughs> How dare you? Can I say that about? Can I say that about myself? And myself? <laughs> we I can all like say that about there's ourselves. Many, there's many weeks where I'm like, just be like Lily this week, Katie. Just be yeah. like Lily. 
It's just it's it is an interesting idea though that like you say like you are you know performing and playing as these characters. That's how you're getting to know one another. Your characters are forming those bonds, but yeah. hopefully, and it sounds like in this case, those bonds transferred to real life, and you actually is, like the person behind the character. It is interesting, though. It, I, not like, there's anyone where I'm like, oh, I like your character more, but there are things where I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that's how you would react to. I don't have like a great example of this, but I don't. And in my mind, you would have reacted like I'll go react, or like Behemo would have reacted. But I guess. That's not your jam. That's totally your character. So there is a melding more so than with other friend groups, I would say. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I don't know how there could not be because it's that we just jumped into playing four hours a week mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Uh, so okay. yeah. Well, how have your characters uh, progressed over those two years? Because uh, that's always a fascinating thing to me to be like, all right. Well, when you start, you're not necessarily sure how not even the mechanics work, but just like, what is this personality about? What is this backstory? And things come up over time. And I feel like not only you as people grow, but characters grow. So yeah, Jess, what, 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 tell us a little bit about your character and how it's, how it's, how it's progressed. Oh man, Fahima's had a That's a pretty, juicy question for you. Yeah, she's had a pretty crazy arc. So my character, how we've started to describe her recently is um, her the beginning of her adventure was basically her backstory. My character didn't have much of a backstory going in due to the nature of, just how we wanted her to exist in the world. She's Genasi, which are very rare in our our world. And um, she went from this kind of innocent, um, you know, tough girl, I can do everything myself, uh, making a lot of mistakes, making a lot of rash decisions, to coming into herself and having a a really harrowing run-in with our big bad and being captured by her and uh, learning some blood magic and sort of taking a a darker turn, as well as learning more about her backstory, uh, about her own history that she knew nothing about, which was challenging for me as a player. I know Jeff has talked about that in the past, but he he knows so much more about my character than I do. And now, at least in the story, as we're playing it now, I'm kind of, we're kind of coming closer together on that, which is exciting, so... It's been a lot. You've like grown up on yeah. the show. Yeah. She started as a slightly obnoxious teen to somebody who has much more wisdom and thinks before she acts much more. Although she's still a fire genasi. She's still got that uh that fire in her <laughs> Can't lose to that. just go. <laughs> Has this been sort of an organic evolution or was this something that you and Jeff had talked about early on? Oh, yeah, totally organic. I mean, he did know that the big bad had an interest in Fahima. Uh, Her name is the Ashen Mage. But uh, I I didn't know her getting captured by her and learning spells from her and being tempted by the dark side was not premeditated, at least not by me. I don't know. I have to ask Jeff about that. <laughs> he doesn't really tell us any, like any premeditated. Like we are surprised every week, but yeah, happening. oh, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what about, about you? you, Katie? How has your uh, character uh, progressed and changed over the over the two years plus that you've been doing this? Um, she's she's more realistic now. Uh, she, she, Lily came from like a, a beachy island and was 
I think actually everyone is pretty much a brand new adventurer technically in our party, though some people have more like real world experience. But she comes from a, an island called Bingle, which is like a vacation island, basically, and decided to go out and be an adventurer. And she's super glass half full and she still is. But I would say she's become a little more over the course of the years, become a little more aware of the real give and take of the world, I guess, and that everything can't be solved through like, hey, let's ch- chat it out, uh, which is her general strategy is talk it out. Doesn't always work. So that that has definitely been something that I think is somewhat recent, actually, in the last like little bit where she's getting a little more like, all right, no, we have to fight sometimes when I don't want to fight, but that's the only option. So She usually just wants to, we can resolve this through conflict resolution. Yeah. Over a Mai Tai. Yeah. <laughs> she comes, you know, from that laid-back vacation community. <laughs> really Nothing does. that can't be solved she with She really hour. does. And then she's a rude awakening when you're in the real world. Blood magic? She's still not great with blood magic, though. Yeah, that's it. That's a thing. Hey, there's still time. Yeah. yeah. Anytime yeah. Fahima uses it, she's like, we, are we sure we're going to do that? We're going to go down that path? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fahima has a healing spell where she has to sacrifice her own blood using necromancy magic to heal and we're always like um lily is this do i should i be doing this can you heal or or am i gonna lily will do like, everything no, 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 in no, no, her no. power to heal like out like let me show I, still spell like, slots. I got spell slots i will use them for this so you don't have <laughs> oh. to do that but fahima's always ready she's like can, can i should i is it time i can do it say the word always ready to help <laughs> I'm uh, feeling. I so think. here's the yeah. So oh. here's the how much of that growth is through you got you know the storytelling of the thing or the fact that we are also dealing with so much real worlds, uh, you know, mm. uh, forcing us to to do different things and act differently. I mean, even the you know the, the show itself. You guys have had lots of tribulations and 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 mm. needing to go to remote and all that stuff. Like, yeah. how how much of that informed your characters? Do you think? Consciously or subconsciously? <laughs> like, yeah. I think subconsciously. I, I definitely think there was a couple weeks where we were like, hey, all these episodes were really sad. <laughs> we need to like maybe have like some something upbeat next week, which we don't usually like pre-plan things. But there, I think there. Do you remember that, Jessica? I feel like we had a couple times where we were like, wow. That episode, two episodes in a row, literally everyone on the show was crying at some point. Yeah, I do remember having <laughs> chats afterwards being like, mm, maybe we should try to be a little more upbeat next episode. <laughs> and like I'm shopping sure. Shopping episode. Or- yeah, yeah. We, I think we actually literally did that one episode. <laughs> like, we're like, we're going to go to a market and get yeah. supplies because yeah. we haven't done a shopping. Like, so we literally went and did re- retail therapy. From, and I, I don't think it was consciously aligned. Uh, at least my opinion is I don't think it was consciously aligned with the world, but I think subconsciously D&D has a way of like, I don't know. It's, 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 you're, it's, you're playing a character, but it is very personal, so. I will say that I think overall in real life I was humbled and I feel like I came out a little wiser and a little more grounded and I definitely saw that in my character. Mm -hmm. I I do remember kind of looking back and thinking that a lot of the growth that I saw in my character was due to me growing as a person and Mm -hmm. it kind of, it lent itself to some more grounded decisions as my character. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, you usually hear about the bleed the other way, the things that your character does kind of how that informs yes. you, but the real you was informing your characters, part of your character's growth. That's yeah, I I think mine was always going to be opposite because my character was very innocent and knew at everything. So I, as I've been playing her, I've always wanted her to be a little bit more like me, to grow up a little bit, to to learn. <laughs> I love a and d character trying to be like the person playing them. <laughs> I, I aspire so to be like my player. I know. You never hear that. No, it's the other way around. Uh, um, so yeah, go ahead, Shelley. So Katie, I was I. I did you have D and D experience before you started Not with the really. dungeon? <laughs> I, but yeah. Jess, you did. You uh-huh. have a history. With, Jess was with, already a master at it. No, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> so what was that like for you? And actually, like what what made you even answer this call? In the first place. <laughs> Great questions. Uh, the first one was I actually showed it to my husband. And I was like, hey, you should do this. Oh. And at that time, because he he's played D&D forever since he was a kid. And so I had literally played, like, guested on a game of his twice. Uh, two different games. And and he was like, I, I can't do that. But he's like, I think you should do it because it says you don't have to have they said in the instructions, you don't have to have D&D experience. We want good storytellers and improv experiences required. And I had done improv for a long time. And so I was like, well, I mean, okay, I'll audition. Like, I'm sure this is going to be not, I'm going to be out of my depth, but I'll try it. And uh, ended up getting cast. <laughs> and Who were your uh, characters? I'm so curious for somebody who... I played Lily. I played Lily. But Lily was a forest gnome it was very similar, actually. But like they, the in, the, in the initial audition, they said, bring a couple characters. And we I remember I had to go through a couple of my characters. Like, mm-hmm. I am Brick. I'm Kira Tavistanya. And kind of like do all these different <laughs> voices and characters for a guy standing behind a tripod who didn't know anything about D&D. Oh, that was very funny. I it, the, the, casting director, the casting director was a saint because I was like, Halfway through, like, a wild monologue about how Lily was a bouncer at a bar and, like, like it, and he was, and I was like, do you play D&D? And he's like, nope, I'm learning a lot about it today. Oh, my God. She, and just, I was like, she just got all the great stuff from Jess. Yeah, I was like, you're not even learning about D&D. You're just watching people do wild character voices. This, this is just like a sketch audition at this yeah. point. <laughs> it was very funny to sit. It was such a classic L.A. You're sitting in the waiting room and the walls was uh-huh. paper, yeah, the wall was paper thin. It was like there was a curtain between you. So there was like four people ahead of me and listening to like, like the guy right before me was doing like this really intense, like deep voice. And then like, I only did, they only had me do one character. I don't hmm. think I had to do multiple characters, but some people did because I definitely heard that happen. So it was wow. very funny. Yeah. So yeah, I ended up getting cast and I had um, crazy imposter syndrome and I didn't know how to like broach the subject of like, you guys know that I don't really know this game super well, right? Because I was worried. I was like, was I such a good actor that they had no idea? <laughs> <laughs> I flatter myself. And then I had my first lunch with Jeff. He's like, so we get that you don't really know what you're doing. And I was like, okay, great, great. <laughs> I don't have to say it. You did. But um, I mean, in the audition, I think at one point they were like, what's your, um, what's your class? And I was like, oh, uh, uh, neutral 
good, chaotic good. And she's like, no, your, your class. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, level 10 or three is like your class. And that was the, uh, that was in the callback. And I was like, I went and told Jake and he thought it was so funny. And I was like, they're not going to call me back after this because it was literally, they cycled through five times until the person next to me pointed on my sheet, what they were asking where it says class. There's always someone helpful there who can help out. I know, I know, I know. Yes. But they were very nice. But that they really didn't, they really, like Jessica said, they weren't casting people for their D&D knowledge. Right. They were casting people for the chemistry and the, the group storytelling aspect because I think what they were looking for was people who had that give and take because that's right. what's important when, it's important in any D&D game, but then especially if you're doing it for a show um, and recording it and wanting it to be enjoyable for a viewer. Yeah, because the uh, the viewer can suss that out immediately. If there's people talking over each other, if somebody tries to say something and somebody cuts them off, if there's not yes anding happening, you just know right away seeing that. So we have to gel. Yeah. That's so that was really important. what I think the whole, like the callback experience was they literally had us go in in different groups. There was like 30 of us at the final callback, I think. And they just like d- switched us out. And had us sit at a table for like five minutes at a time, and then and do what at that at the table? So sweet Jeff had to do <laughs> sweet, the sweet Jeff. Sweet, sweet, sweet Jeff. Jeff had to do one for the callback. He did the same thirty minute adventure. Okay, I think twenty times or something wild like that. And then they were like, "Just do more of it." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "I'm what?" So we just like. He just made it up. He really, I think Jeff just made that up on the fly, wow. which is wild also. Um, yeah, but we just played. We like were in a, we were in a situation and we, we just had to play. And it was, the wild thing was we would switch out. So like if I was there and they're like, all right, Katie, we're going to swap Jessica in for you. And Jessica sat down. I Jessica would sit down and be like, all right, give me a quick cliff notes of what's happening. Like very quick. Okay, let's jump into the story. So you're, you were literally being like swapped in and out of, uh, and that is a very improv table. thing, too, where you just, like, tap oh, yeah. on the shoulder yeah. and you're like, all right, you just go in and you're like, all right, you don't even have to assume yeah. anything. It can change right after that. And so that yeah. was a great way to kind of get that, uh, you know, that feel. Can they, can they, can they hang? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it truly was what I think was the, the question. Yeah. So you yeah. guys built up that chemistry, you know, after that, that process and then in person playing together on the studio, which always looked amazing. I loved the animatronic mind flayer and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. We miss it. It was amazing. <laughs> it was a it was a dream come true. I remember when the first model came out, I could not believe it was real life, you know, having played on I think the 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 highest production quality that I had played with was my friends had built this amazing custom. You guys have interviewed um have talked with Kelly D'Angelo, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so this was at her house. Um, my friends and her built a custom gaming table with a TV screen in the center with glass on top to do the the maps. And we that blew our minds. So going into a studio where they had someone, they had our, an artist render a huge 3D model map. I didn't, I couldn't, I, I couldn't comprehend it. I think I cried. <laughs> <laughs> We cry a lot on the show if you're not getting that from this interview. There's been a lot of tears. Blood, yeah. sweat, and tears. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but definitely the tears. Now we're back, we're remote, and we're producing the show ourselves. So we're back to 2D maps, but we still have each other That's and funny. our and our imaginations. So how did that I mean? I mean, 
Shelly and I have done this in microcosm where we would record in person uh, and luckily have people you know into the office to do things. And it's a lot easier to get social cues that way. But it's yes. very different when you're looking at screens and people. And obviously the entire world is dealing with this. But how did you guys uh, try to keep that energy and camaraderie and improv nature while also having this very artificial 2D, you know, portal between you and your friends. It was an adjustment. Yeah. And we did lose some aspects of little side gestures that we would do to one another. Um, I think that my character's relationship with uh, Morgan Peter Morgan Peter Brown's character was so close, partly because we were sitting next to each other and we had a lot of physical interaction. So we don't get that anymore. Um, but I think we have gained um, a better sense of pacing because everybody is right in front of us. We can see everybody's faces and we can pay attention a little bit better that way. And you have to listen, like, mm-hmm. just because, again talking over people on a Zoom or on a online is even more intense somehow than in a, in a studio and they can't switch a, a camera away from it. So you just have to pay attention in a very different way. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I think that's the biggest thing that I miss, funny enough, is uh, even aside all the production value is the fact that I sat next to Ron Ogden and our same. I think our character's relationship was because of proximity. We were right next to each other. So we would have these little side conversations that whether the camera saw it or not really informed a lot of our characters. I will say one of the things that I do love about being remote though, is that I have to take copious notes when I play D and D cause I, I will not remember it otherwise. And I love just being able to control F, find anything in my notes, yeah. all digital. Mm. It's it's such a boon. <laughs> and take, using oh, go notes ahead. digitally. Uh, yeah, type type it out. Yeah, wow. well, because we're playing, you know, here on the computer, so I can just take everything digitally. I can categorize. I can kind of map it out. That's, yeah, having having your character sheet up in front of you too while playing is nice. Yeah, versus down. I don't know, little things. But, have any of the relationships between your characters changed now that you don't have those little side conversations or do you have to try harder at some of the things or maybe is any of that work worked into the story in some way? I think it's, um, I think it, like from Ugo and I who sit next to each other, I will say I think a lot of our little interactions were a little like asides that were really looks of just like, I, I hear you. I see you on this thing. Mm-hmm. So I do think I make, I've tried to make a more conscious effort to have those little scenes with Ugo that don't need to be a huge story plot, but just work them in and not make it feel like it's taking over the main story, which has been a challenge. But yeah, I think, I do think that is like the biggest change in that sense. It's hard when you try to be like, I mean, even us trying to get eye lines together for, yeah, for this, yeah. right? Like, it's hard to communicate that to the audience that, like, when I'm looking up here, I'm looking at, at Jess or, like, you know, that, right. like, and, and I wish there was a simpler way to do that. Maybe that's the next technological advance to come to video conferencing is, like, where your eye line is going, people know that you're looking at them and not at themselves or whatever. Yeah, right? Really- because on, I was just going to say, on, on iPhones... Didn't they do something where they change your eyeline? So when you take 
selfies or when you do FaceTime, it puts your eyeballs up on the camera. Oh, whoa. Oh, I didn't in, in know post. that. I think th- something like that exists. I, I don't think I have it on my phone, but um, yeah, that just makes me think that eventually you'll be able to control all of that <laughs> in post. <laughs> Where do the eyeballs go? Right. I think it's even when I take my own pictures of myself, all my selfies, I'm looking down. Like, I don't like, know. Slightly yeah, down. I still yeah. don't know how to look at the camera to save <laughs> no. my life. Yeah. <laughs> and I do this for a living. Yeah, this is my, literally my job. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, we do have a really amazing tech person, and I think that is something that goes unnoticed a lot, who will does a really great job of if, Uh, Jessica and I are having a conversation of going to a two shot of us. And that Mm. does really help with the theater of the mind and like understanding who's talking to each other, even though we're looking at the same camera, it just helps that, Oh, it's just these two faces versus seeing all of the cast. That is, I didn't. Yeah, that's great. And that is, do you get that back to you? Like to tell you that you know that you're in a two shot or does that all happen on Mm -hmm. the stream alone? Yeah. Yeah. We can see, we can see now what's being, uh, pushed out to everyone, which is really nice. That's oh, cool. That is helpful. And yeah. you guys are producing this yourself now. You're no longer yeah. on the platform that uh, you know provides us with uh, the elixir of wakefulness. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was an awesome way of describing it. Yeah. Without saying the name. Uh, yes, we are self-producing on Twitch. Um, it's been uh, such a, a journey and a, a lot of work, uh, but we're doing... All of the promo, uh, all of the, uh, Katie can talk about the production aspect of it. Uh, We have a Patreon that we manage where we do weekly rewards. Um, So we're doing a lot more all around work for the show, but ultimately it is fulfilling to be more than just a performer. Now we have a stake in the show, a personal stake. We can make creative decisions ourselves, which is really fun. We've uh, had... Uh, Satine Phoenix and Amy Vorpal on his guests and we're looking to have a few more in the near future. So getting a little more involved in the Dungeons and Dragons community and being allowed to do that, having that agency is really important to us and uh, it's it's really exciting. Yeah. And being on Twitch is exciting. The community there is really cool and it is a different community. Mm-hmm. Like we We definitely have people that came over with us, but we're starting to, you know, meet new people within that community, and it's uh, super strong. And I just think the D and D community in general is pretty rad. Yeah, we <laughs> like good people. So. We think so too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you did mention two of of our favorites people from the D and D community: Amy Vorpal and Satine Phoenix. Yes. So was Amy? She was a guest. DM for th- yes, she DM'd her Candlekeep mystery. She did. Yes, yes. it was so much fun. <laughs> we did oh, a two shot, and Satine guested as um her her elf um bard, her elf bard. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, That's it was <laughs> so fun. Were you surprised by the ending of Amy's adventure? <laughs> Well, we had kind of a weird ending to ours. Our paladin decided to keep. The the bad guy, I forget his name. Spoilers for anyone who's doing this. Oh yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't say. Lower the volume. Uh, yeah, Lower spoilers. Volume. Spoilers. Uh, decided to keep the bad guy below the fire of the rocket and say, "We're not leaving until you turn this off. Uh, you'll, we will all die if you don't move." And so, I I don't know. I don't think that was supposed to happen because Amy's reaction was of 
utter uh, shock and <laughs> joy. So I'm, I'm not sure. What, what is the ending supposed to be? <laughs> I mean, I guess whatever you make it. I guess that's an appropriate ending. It is canon. It yes. was so fun to watch Amy DM her own story, though, because she said it was wild. It was a wild experience, and I can only imagine. She's like, it's wild to DM the words that you've written for something. It's just a different experience for whatever reason. Yeah, right. And we talked a lot about with her uh, about how when you're writing notes for running an adventure, I mean, it can be on a page, right? You don't need necessarily even 16 pages worth of, of material uh, but when you're trying to teach someone else how to do it, then that's when you need that material. And so things needed to be expanded upon and then having to go back when yeah. you know, <laughs> after that process and then run it. I mean, that's got to be, you know, your work. Your mind is working on all these levels of like, did I write this? Are these the notes that I had? Are these notes that other people put in? Uh, it doesn't matter. We're just going to... And then, you know, the input of the players changes everything. Um, but she's such a great performer and, and, and comedic uh, actor. And so and I'm improviser. Sure yeah. And she's what I love about her is like she was saying she's she's so transparent about that while streaming too, which I think makes it so much more fun to be like, oh, this is wild. Okay, here's what we're doing. Like like her process is projected in such a fun way that you can feel it, I guess. Right. It's very mm-hmm. visceral. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. yeah. It's the type of comedians that let you like see like how oh, that this is the way this joke was funny. Yeah, this is how we uh-huh. got there. Or like, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, she's just such a treat, and both of them were lovely, and it's fun for us to play with new people because we play in our little group, and then it it does change. We've done a couple side quests, and even playing different characters, kind of as Jessica said, we know each other through our characters so well, so when we switch that, it's very fun to see another side of these people that you feel so close to, but you're like, oh, you have... Uh this element to you, you know, and just playing like a fire genasi and then she plays a little boy who is <laughs> shooting rainbows and you're like, this is totally different, Jessica. Like, <laughs> it's such a treat. All through D&D. <laughs> I-, I love how the through line of this interview too is like how your D&D characters can be shades of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, like the id and the ego and all yeah. this, like, you know, how oh, those totally. come together and are separate and you're you're totally right. Like, that's the best part about this game is that it allows you to play roles and you can choose those roles and they will surprise you as well. And so they're part of yourself that you didn't even know was there can get explored. Uh, and that's so fascinating to me. It mm-hmm. is interesting to see the variants, at least uh, within our group of the different characters, because there's some folks where they'll play different characters and each one I immediately recognize as as them. There's There's a really strong through line of personality they're making similar choices because just that person's personality is very strong in all of their characters whereas someone else will be radically different from character to character it's just yeah. really interesting to observe it's yeah. like different performers have a type uh yeah. they're like oh i always play the leading man or whatever and yeah. some are just like nope i'm a chameleon i'm the daniel day lewis i will do no matter <laughs> yeah. what you are throw you at me. Are you Jennifer Aniston or are you Joaquin Phoenix? You know, <laughs> are you Jennifer Aniston in everything or are you a completely different person in every movie you do? <laughs> She's very different in horrible bosses. 
I love the. So I want to go back to something you guys said earlier because you only touched on it a little bit, but I love that 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 idea of being performers, like having that experience of 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 auditioning for this, and then having the 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 zeitgeist of everybody making the show around you, and then okay, now it's our show, and you get to make it how you how you want. And that's got to be so liberating as well as frightening uh, at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Katie, you've been doing the, some of the production stuff. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, what's that like? What has that been like taking, you know, the, the stress of performing, but then also the stress of putting on the show and combining them into one? It's a delicate balance, right? Because we were, we were one person's show for a year and a half, and now we're our own show. And so... I think the biggest thing we are trying to strike the balance between is we want to keep the spirit of our show the same, but what elements do we want to change or where do we think we could, you know, uh, improve or what, what things have we maybe wanted to improve, but never had the ability to, but now we can. So that's kind of the conversations right now is just like, where do we want to make sure we stay the same and where do we want to like change, which is, I think, we're still figuring it out because we kind of have a brand, but we, we can change it, but it's, a, it is scary to change. Cause you don't want to, we're not going to all of a sudden become an X rated D and D show tomorrow. Cause we're well, 13 now. You know? it, 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 <laughs> we, could, we could, we could, but it, you know, <laughs> it's not off the table, but it's not likely. <laughs> Dungeon runner after dark. Yeah. <laughs> we have talked about doing an after dark show. At some point. <laughs> Where we can do swears. Yeah, where we can do... <laughs> said like a true <laughs> child. Where we can do swears. <laughs> we can do swears. <laughs> wait till 10 p.m. Do swears. <laughs> swears come out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, so, what, so when you're doing a, a weekly show, is it you? Is it the, the, the cast kind of, you know, trying to promote it and get it ready? And, but mm-hmm. there is also a production person who is... Doing the two shots, as you're saying. So how much are you in, in involved in that part of it? We're doing pretty much everything except the day of tech. So mm. we have a person who's, uh, Sean, who's running our uh, Twitch, uh, just like switching and making sure that we're, our mics are turned off once we, you know, go off air, all that kind of stuff, recording it and then making sure it's gets uploaded. But that's everything else we do. Yeah, Ron is doing our. He's been doing our animations, mm-hmm. uh, the visual aspect, uh, 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 visual assets. That was so hard for me to say. Um, and I've been doing the graphic design for the show. Uh, Morgan and Katie have been producing. Jeff has been coming up with all of the odds and ends. He's the brain behind everything. And uh, mm-hmm. Jared's been running our Patreon and and um, keeping track of the rewards. And we also have a show called The Cool Down where two cast members we commit uh every monday to go go over <laughs> the show and answer questions from our viewers and that's all produce ourselves to uh myself and ron and sometimes morgan to do tech for that mm-hmm. so we're learning it's, a lot <laughs> it's lean it's lean and mean right now but uh definitely will the, the goal is to definitely get more people eventually to do some of that i think Eventually, right? Yeah, yeah, eventually. But you know, I it's, like, a, it's a process. I like the cool down idea. I mean, that's such a, a really great way to continue the engagement, right? Because you're only you're not going to play 
more episodes a week. Obviously, it's right. tough to do even one on a weekly basis. But that's a nice way to kind of add uh, some back and forth uh, with the community. Has it, have they responded to me like, oh my God, I can't wait to hear from you know so-and-so on the next day and that stuff. Our community is so, so flippin' great. Like, we're just really, really, really lucky. Uh, flippin', I didn't do a swear, Jessica. Um, <laughs> Not after 10. Yeah, yeah. It's only 2 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 2 p.m. I can't do it there. Is there sunlight out, Katie? No swears. Yeah, okay, yes, that's the rule, I know. Um, the, they are so great. So now how we do it is we we source questions actually for our cooldown from our Patreon subscribers, which oh, cool. has been super fun. So they basically type in questions either about the past episode or the show in general or just kind of whatever they want to know. And then two cast members will go on and answer those every week. And and yes, they've been so great. And they're so involved and honestly probably more knowledgeable in the world of Ayn than I am at this oh, point. Like certainly. Just, certainly oh, yeah. more. Because they've watched yeah. the episodes multiple times yeah. and they have a secret chat in the Discord where we can't see anything that they talk about. Only Jeff can. So they go over theories and spoilers and I'm sure they're putting the pieces together five steps ahead of us. Oh, that's super cool. Absolutely sure they are too. (laughs) There was something that happened recently. Oh, it was, we, (laughs) we had a moment on one of our recent episodes where my character was in handcuffs for magical handcuffs for (laughs) two episodes and finally, when I met back up at the party, Katie's character, Lily, said, can't you just sit down and step through your handcuffs and get them off? And Jeff said that the, the, the watchers have been saying to do that without me knowing for all of these two episodes. Just <laughs> like, come on, why is she not thinking of this and just talking about it? And when it finally happened, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> It was not. It was such a beautiful moment because that happens <laughs> to everyone where you're like, oh, yeah. Right. You, in the did it, I, haven't, I haven't watched the part of it because we split. Sometimes we split the party and so we don't know. There's definitely parts of the story where I don't know what happened to Jessica during all this time. But from what you said, like you tried to get the handcuffs off in like wild ways also. like <laughs> Yeah, like trying to put my hands on a meat hook and banging it against a wall. Yeah. Trying to get Kate Winslet to and, get an axe to yeah. cut him off. God, if only I had a Kate Winslet to close her eyes yeah. and aim at my hands. Mm-hmm. We've been watching a lot of Titanic. I, that is now, the most sorry. unbelievable part of that movie. <laughs> she's coming on in two weeks, by the way. So we'll ask. Oh my goodness! Oh, wow. She's also she's also in like the Daniel Day Lewis camp, like as a yeah. very different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eternal yeah. Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. God, her, all of her period flicks. Me too. Uh huh. Um, so, um, t- while we could go forever in the Kate Winslet uh, <laughs> uh, filmography, don't open that box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking uh, of other actors who are chameleon, or Aniston's, or Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> I love that we've coined this as being. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah Honestly, this is a new podcast, and now we do that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm down. I'm totally down. Uh, but you guys recently leveled up, right? You were at level yes! ten as characters. That's more power than uh, any two people should have, in my opinion. <laughs> it's a lot. Spoken like a dungeon master. Thrilling. <laughs> it is thrilling, and I'm really excited because Jeff and I have been working on almost all of my spells. The last couple of levels have been homebrew. And mm. we try to homebrew as cool. much as possible, all of us. And blood magic. 
I yes, the blood magic is all homebrew. Um, so I'm pretty excited to premiere some new spells tonight and uh, uh, some new features that come with leveling up. And we have we have um, oh, can we say? I don't know if we can say. Can we say? Yeah, Katie? this this will go out in the future, so it'll already oh, have happened. Yeah, yeah, great. Yes. Okay. We're time so, travelers. <laughs> Tonight, we are premiering new character art. Yes. The first time we've had official character art since we started the show two years ago. So wow. they are phenomenal. They were done by Jason DeBitt, and they are so detailed. And he's taken little bits and pieces from moments throughout the show and added them as small details in the character. And we're, we're so excited to show people. Amazing. He's incredible, too. Just Chef's kiss. We have some really incredible artists in the community in general. Yeah. And also really cool. That is cool to see. Yeah. It's I cool think the D&D see, community like, in general has really cool artists. I mean, so. they're pretty creative. Who would have thought? I know. It's weird. <laughs> but it's so great that you have these official, like, you know, glow ups, right? Because you guys have you know, yeah. two years, Just 10 levels, up. lots of. Uh, Things have happened uh, to your characters visually, as well as just you know the age of of, of the years of the adventures is on uh-huh. there. Like, so that's got to be mm-hmm. so great to to get this new, especially that you're doing it yourself, right? And this is your creative vision. Yeah, I love that you got to to go back and get those official portraits. How yeah. long has it actually been though in the world? I know I'm that's pretty sure that's been like two days. No, no, it's been, <laughs> it's been, but for real, I think it's only been a couple of months. It's been months, but yeah, we were in a coma or we were asleep for a couple <laughs> weeks at one point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it is a wild thing for us to talk about sometimes, like two years, and we're like, but for the characters, it's only been a week. five months, yeah. maybe. Yeah. We can't celebrate our characters' birthdays because yeah. they will never have them. I we guess time warp. There you go. <laughs> Just to celebrate birthdays. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll each like be able to celebrate right one birthday for the entire campaign if it's coming up, right? Say that it is. Do that. Yeah, we could say Fahima's birthday's next week. <laughs> I feel like Fahima's the only one we did. I think we did Fahima's birthday, right? Because Jared wrote me a poem. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Our rogue is our resident poetry writer, and he's mm. incredible. Yeah, he writes poems for everyone. It's really great. Oh, that creativity—that's what I love about this game. Right? You were mentioning on the community how that just like becomes a part of the tapestry of things that have made around this story and it's like but it's just it's all it's make-believe but it feels so real now because there's all these little artifacts of artwork in the world reflecting yeah. it back and it's fun to like jared didn't know that he was gonna write poems when he made his character that's something that came about as doing the show and it's just i think that's a, a really fun part about also being two years and like looking back of like what did i plan and what is so much of its things that evolved because of the story or circumstances or relationships. There's so much creativity that has been produced out of doing the show for whatever reason. I think maybe because the show in itself has been so creatively fulfilling and inspiring to all of us. Uh, We have so much art that's come out of it. Lily, uh, Katie writes songs uh, sometimes on the spot during the show. They're always amazing. (laughs) Like we said, Jared writes poetry uh, Ron has written beautiful paladin vows that um, have blown us all away. I write uh, character diary entries regularly. And uh, Morgan, 
who you guys spoke with, he's a lore nerd. So he goes deep into the lore of our story and he's like our encyclopedia. I guess we don't have any visual artists on our team, people who can draw, uh, but luckily we have many of our watchers who can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and you, I mean, you're an incredible graphic designer and Ron's an incredible uh, video visuals creator, but not, yeah, drawing. But how many drawers? Painters. No drawers. Yeah. No drawers. What is uh so Lily, are you uh what's your tenth level fun stuff that you've got going on? I'm still deciding because that's how what? I do things. Katie, I know. We're playing in like four hours. <laughs> I know. Everybody always makes fun of me, but I get very in- this this is this has not changed. I get overwhelmed by leveling up mm. every single time. Because I forgot that I got magical secrets at <gasps> level 10, which what? means that I get two spells of any class. Yes. Ooh, oh, oh yeah, my that's God! Gonna take you some time. Any class? <laughs> what are you gonna pick? This is this is huge. This is like this yeah. is where your character is going now. I know. I'm thinking about taking counter spells. One of or just in general Ooh, because I don't have yeah. that yet, and I think that's a really good thing. Yes. I have counter charm, but I don't have counter spell. So that's like my practical. This is a good one to take, but I don't know what fun ones I'm gonna take yet. Well, who is Lily? Is she more druidy, more paladiny, more wizard? Is she? Does she want to take a step into the dark side? I don't think she's dark yet. I don't think she's the dark yeah. side. Yeah. Maybe water sorcerer. Yeah, maybe. I was looking at some like telekinetic stuff. I thought could be kind of fun. Oh, you are the charmer. Yeah, because I, I, all Lily's whole thing is charm, deception. She talks her way out of yes. everything. Seriously, or into any city they want to go into. Um, so I'm so trying to find more. Spells yeah, sound, I'm sound oh, yeah. right up your alley. Yeah, would you have any recommendations, Greg? I honestly, I, I would love the bard class, but I've only played low level bards. I've never oh, actually really? gotten them. They up get to so level 10. powerful. They do. They do. Because I just up my proficiency on stealth and sleight of hand because you get to at this level you get to like double your proficiency on that. Yeah. So, yeah, my modifier. You can get into are, anywhere. I think I I read someone was saying like you always roll well and I don't always roll well but the bard modifiers that's like it's the jack of all trades thing yeah so that's one thing I really love about being a bard is you are kind of like relatively okay at everything right right and then I don't know if this is uh, Lily's shtick but there is a I think it's a fifth level bard spell called legend lore. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. What about that one last time? So you, you find anything in the world and you're like, tell me the legends and stories <laughs> about this uh, plot man DM. Oh, tell me all gonna of them. Love and so, it yeah, it drives that. your dungeon master <laughs> crazy. Yes. We do have Morgan has sending and literally uses it like every long rest mm-hmm. or short rest. So Jeff, <laughs> I'm going to write messages to all my friends. But Jeff has to NPC. remember the voices, and it always blows my mind. Oh yeah, he oh. came up with a. We have a, a bad guy who rhymes, Ertenfurt, and he didn't know that Morgan was just going to call him out of nowhere. <laughs> and he made up rhymes on the spot. We haven't talked to the, we, wow. we haven't talked to this NPC in months. I think at that it was point. like episode three that we talked to the NPC and this Whoa. was episode like 60 something that. Oh my Morgan God. Called him. I want to say, I mean, you know, to, the, our fans are going to be listening and be like, it's episode 42. <laughs> Here's the link. Yeah. I, I remember when that happened, Jeff was, I think he was still in the studio. Right. And I remember he, uh, he, he, kind of like leaned down with his hands on the table and 
thought for a minute and then looked up and started to rhyme. It was incredible. And that changed. Oh, God, I love body language kind of <laughs> changes yeah. like that. Yeah, that is. I will. That is one thing that is missing from the from the virtual aspect is all of the running around we used to do. There was a lot of a lot of gesturing, but you know, maybe that's part of becoming more grounded characters. Is we're all focused right here. It's kind of like going from theater to film. Right. But let's get back to theater. Yeah. Yeah. So, are, are there any thoughts of you guys? You know, once everything vaccinated gets safe, you know, obviously cost wise, it's probably a hard thing to do studio time, but. You know what? What are what are the plans for the future? Would love lo- all of us would love to be back in a studio, just because. As much as I think there's so there are a lot of beautiful things about being on Zoom together, and there's some some really fun things we've my we've, notes. <laughs> yeah, your notes. Uh, you could still we'll have them. You can we'll have a all get in front iPads. We're all gonna yeah. get iPads. When we go back. <laughs> I, I truly think I will get an iPad because I've gotten so used to using D and D Beyond now, and I really like it. Um, but yeah, I, the biggest thing is the the cost and space factor. We're based in Los Angeles, which isn't known for being like cheap real estate <laughs> 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 or having a lot of places. So that's that's the that's the biggest thing we we don't have as a group is we have a lot of skills, but we don't have a, a studio space. Yeah. So that is yeah. always the hard part. But I think that would ideally we will figure out a way to do that, and I don't think it's off the table or out of question it's just figuring out how we do that in a way that is feasible on yeah our budget i think it's definitely part of our growth yeah you know as we scale we'll be able to do that yeah yeah nice i, I love that uh, oh go ahead Shelley. sorry and like i was thinking like in real life you're all like a D party because yeah. you, were, you were listing like all of the different roles that you each play yeah. in, in all of those. We got so we lucky. We work. did not realize how lucky we got when we were like, oh, we're going to have to do a business. Oh, I can do this thing. Oh, I can do this thing. Like Very yeah. well-rounded. We so are. lucky. Yeah. That is hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been fortuitous in many ways. And, and we've been so supported by, again, our community. It's been really great mm-hmm. and patient mm-hmm. with us as we get started back up again and yeah. I'm sure they're glad. I'm still making great stuff, right? Didn't up. weren't they contributing to the story uh, with uh, items and roles and things like that as well? Yeah, so they could send us uh, advantages and disadvantages, and right now it's like a grand force of evil or a grand force of good. So there's team force of good, team force of evil, and they compete. And so right now it's the one whatever team wins for the week, that team gets like an effect on the entire. Episode mm-hmm. or, or sometimes it's like like the last one was Force of Evil in the first battle we had for the first two roles every character had to subtract two two yeah Ouch. from oh, everything no. and that was like we were all ready we were already very depleted so that was a very scary <laughs> very scary Force of Evil because we were all like I think I had like three spell slots going into mm-hmm. that fight was, yeah level one spell slots. But yeah, again, <laughs> as we scale, self over and over again. As we scale, we'll have more of those opportunities as well. Yeah, the more people we can get on our team to handle all of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's the biggest thing is the back end of it, making sure it doesn't take over the show in a bad right, way. Right, right. Yeah, because the story as well as is number lives. one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, and that's one of the things we're also evaluating of like, what do we change and what do we keep, and how do we keep this super fun for everybody. Mm-hmm. 
because work-life balance is very hard uh, in this day and age, uh, and it's it's important, right? Because you could very easily be like, I'm just going to spend all my life working on this campaign and this D&D show, and then, you know, yeah. realize, uh, you know, a couple months into it, you're like, I feel as depressed as, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, people who are working in the boiler rooms, uh, you know, so yeah. I can totally understand the that. The boiler sure. room, all the boiler room jobs out there these days, man. Depressing. Yeah, and it's hot so today, so maybe yeah. that's why I was thinking about boiler room. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to avoid boiler room jobs. <laughs> unless you love boiler room jobs, and then, I mean, you know, unless follow your bliss. Your thing. Might be peaceful. Honestly, and speaking of the Titanic again, I was just <laughs> thinking I, that it's I, full I, circle. We're back I, to Kate Winslet. I was like, I would, that job is straightforward. You know what you got to do. She you're not dealing down there. You're not dealing in customer service. Like I would take mm-hmm. a boiler room job. No. Yep, I have days when I think that actually sounds quite nice. Yeah, yeah you, you burn some calories with sweat alone. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like doing hot yoga, constantly. right? All the time. Basically people, hot yoga. People basically pay to be in a boiler room job now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, I've got a great idea <laughs> for a business model. <laughs> <laughs> boiler room, it's the new celebrity workout endorsed <laughs> by Kate Winslet. <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, yeah. And Jennifer Aniston, why not? <laughs> You'll never know it's them because they're such good actors. <laughs> That's so great. Well, okay. thank you both of you for being uh, here and talking through your characters. It's been uh, a wild run for for Dungeon Run. Wild for Dungeon Run. Wild yeah. Dungeon Run. Um, thank you for we, having us. Yeah, it was such a pleasure for to being yeah. here, chat Dungeons and Dragons with you. For sure. So, for everybody who's listening, what's the best way to find out about you personally, what you guys are doing, as well as the show? And we'll go. To, let's go to you first, Katie. Yeah, um, I'm the Katie Michaels, and my stage. <laughs> E-L-S, <laughs> at uh, all the places, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. Um, and then I'll just say The Dungeon Run is The Dungeon Run um, on Twitch and Twitter and Instagram. And that's where you can find us. And we also have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash The Dungeon Run. And that is Easy. where you can support our show. Yeah. <laughs> you can find me at Jessica Parsons or at Jessica Lynn Parsons. And I also stream on my own Twitch channel that is called Hello Goodberry. And all the socials and links for that is Hello Goodberry. It is a D&D flavored variety Twitch channel. It's awesome. Nice. What are you playing now? Oh, all sorts of stuff. We just started It Takes Two because I co-host with my friend Alex. And so co-op games are so much fun to play together. Um, and we have a homebrew Dungeons & Dragons campaign that we're doing every Thursday called Ulithamore College in the Sky. It's like a magical um, sort of Harry Potter-esque campaign. And Katie is playing in it as Snoop, the uh, Eladrin rogue, monk. right? Monk. Oh, yeah. Shadow Monk. Yes, you're very Shadow roguish. Monk, yeah. Well, it's because I'm a spy, but I also tell everybody I'm a spy. Yeah, she's a terrible. She's a terrible. Spy. <laughs> terrible spy. First rule of being a spy. That's Don't why she's going people. to college. <laughs> Gotta learn to be sneakier. Take those sneaky classes. <laughs> well, oh, we've got awesome. the uh, perfect D and D product for that uh, campaign. Oh, really? Coming up? Yes. <gasps> which will be announced by the time this is out there, anyway. So. Oh my goodness! Uh, Get yeah. it for Snoop. It'll be very excited for well, and for for for. for I'm going to say it wrong. Yalithamore. Yeah. In general, Ooh, a school. I'm excited. A school. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys play? We we can say this right because this will be out by then. Shelly, I'm looking at you. Makes me so nervous. It's so nervous. This. this is the future. <laughs> uh, but, in the future. Uh, say it and Gathering cut it out has, later. Has Strixhaven 
which is the same thing, a magical college with different uh, uh, things uh, that, you know, competing houses and whatnot and you know, its own sports teams and things like that. So tons of stuff that you won't be able to use in uh, homebrew adjacent campaigns like that. Wow. Gosh, exciting. This is a, a supplementary book. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Coming this fall. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Lots of fun. Oh, you're crushing you it. How long have you guys been at D&D at Wizards? Uh, I've been Forever. here six years, which feels like a long time, but then Shelly's going to be like... 20-something. What? I know. That's I know. I, don't, I do feel like, like there was a chunk of time that was just taken from me. That I remember nothing. And then I just like opened my eyes and I was like, what? What year is it? How long have I been sitting at this desk? What's happening? Goals, though. That is goals. Gosh, but it's amazing. Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't always uh-huh. work on D&D, but once I started on D&D, I was like, oh, I'm never oh. going to find a better day job than this. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. I love the um, Waterdeep board game. It's like one of my favorite board games. <gasps> Me too. Boards I'm like freakishly good at that game, oh, too. Fun. Are you? Who do you play? Yes. Which, 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 it doesn't matter. I can't. Oh, gosh. I don't even remember. I play the Greyhounds always. Remember who I've got like four games going on right here. Oh, really? Right I haven't now. played the on, the online version. I it's good. Play, it's good. But I've heard it's, it's good. small little things you do throughout the day, right? You're like, oh, I'm going to make this move, blah, blah, blah. It's hard sometimes to be like, which game am I playing? But <laughs> other than that, it's uh, it's been great. It's been a great uh, um, just pandemic game, right? That it's almost yeah. been like my game of the year because I've just been like, oh, I can play board games throughout the day. I love that. It's, I don't know. It, there's something about it that I just really enjoy the I enjoy that you like what you can do is pretty limited, but it's still complex. Mm-hmm. I guess like I don't know. There's only a, so many actions, but how you do, I don't know. I'm not explaining it well. I've stopped <laughs> making sense. If, if people have Daniel Day Lewis, take me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he's here. Okay, never mind. We got to go. Uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna reset for Daniel oh. Day Lewis and Jennifer Aniston. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> what a wonderful interview. I loved hearing and laughing uh, with uh, with Jessica and Katie. Very, very fun. Um, you can see why that show is so great. Yeah. The cast is stellar. And I can't believe they came together just through a casting call. It was meant Still. to be. Yeah. And that they formulated this uh, adventuring party of, of producing Twitch shows. Exactly. Who knows what they'll be up to next. But uh, all good things, I'm sure. All good. All good things, all good things. I'm sure you are uh, following along with them already, but uh, I think there is some great storytelling going on uh, by Jeff Kanata on the Dungeon Run, so definitely take a look, and hopefully their exuberant personality has brought you on board uh, to learn out more about them. Oh, sure. And they'll be an inspiration to you out there in content creation land uh, to make more fun stuff. I know I'm a little bit inspired. I feel like I want to just start... Making D&D shows. What do you think? Do it. We've got yeah. two amazing books coming out we can That's use. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We can do it in Strixhaven or we can do it in the Feywild. Maybe both. Maybe we'll do it. Well, I mean, a, a we can combine. Up. There's a lot of a la carte things in both books, so we can just combine it. We'll put some vampires in there, too. Okay. Maybe some hex bloods. Hex blood. Hex bloods. I think so. I, I, now I want you to play like a southern hex blood. I'm a hex blood. I'm a hex blood. Would you like some lemonade? Some French fried potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think that Jess would enjoy the hex blood just from like the whole 
blood mm. genasi thing. I yeah. Or, I feel I don't know why I'm like you like that. You like using your own blood. You might love pulling off your own fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised you didn't just lead with that. <laughs> I I thought of it after. I'm like, oh, she's. I feel like there's a, a sisterhood here. <laughs> the sisterhood of the traveling fingernails. Yeah, like instead of going to get our nails done, we go and pull them off and that leave means notes for very each other. Different. Yeah. Yep. 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 Get your yeah. nails did. Ow! Ow! That's painful. Nah, it's yeah. fine. All right. Well, we, like we said, we've had a wonderful week of legend lore this week. Pay attention to DungeonsAndDragons.com as well as Wizards underscore DND to learn all about that. And watch the amazing videos uh, created by Todd Kenrick and starring Erica Fermina as Eliwick Tumblestrom. Lots of great stuff coming from that character uh, in the future, too. So check it out. Uh, she is a, a, a b- gnomish bard who walks through different planes. She really is a bard, like yeah. Erica in yeah. real life. And can strum the heck out of a mandolin. That was so cute. It's so Love good. it. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Uh, so yeah, take a look at all that. I'm going to be tweeting about it like crazy. So follow me at Greg Tito uh, and Greg underscore Tito on Instagram. Oh, yes. And, and find me at Shelly Moo on the Twitters and Instagrams or Two Old Moms on Instagram. If you want Two some parenting moms. stuff, humor. It's funny. I don't really know what I'm doing at all. <laughs> don't come here for advice. Not in parenting or in podcasting? In life. No. Yeah. Just, I just own it. I feel like that's a podcast. Parenting and podcasting. Um, yeah. I also love that I almost always go, what about you, uh, Shelly Moo? And I didn't say that, but you used my exact same cadence when you're like, you can find out about me on mm-hmm. Shelly Moo. I thought that was, uh, we've been doing this for 300 episodes, shall We I? know each other now. Although I did notice in the beginning of this episode, we didn't even introduce ourselves. Oh, well, if you don't know so, who we are, we're Greg Tito. And what's your name again? Shelly Moo. <laughs> Moo's a noble. Shelly Moo's a noble. Moo's a noble. A Moo's a noble. Moosin' and boozin'. All right. Speaking of boozing, song in it. Drunkie Two Shoes is ready to go. So, uh, when you last saw Drunkie Two Shoes, she was in the North Ward of Waterdeep. Uh, she had just uh, accosted a doppelganger who looked like her brother, Daryl Two Shoes. Yeah, and he uh, immediately took what seemed like some poison and uh, expired in front of him, rather than uh, tell you anything about where he was or what was going on. Your Harper friend uh, by the name of Samson, a big kind of burly fighter uh, looking type with brown mm-hmm. hair, kind of balding, um, says, oh, I, there's a, a, a cleric uh, nearby here uh, in uh, a chapel of Lathander. You might be able to get a uh, Speak With Dead spell cast upon this doppelganger to learn more. Uh, and so uh, after an inside check uh, on Samson, you rushed to... Uh, the back alley behind a chapel. Uh, there would seem to be a service in, uh, or at least there were people congregating for a service that had not yet begun. And an old woman uh, was kind of like, I don't think I can let you in and talk to the priest. Um, but uh, she eventually did let the two of you in to the vestibule and went to go get the priest of Lathander 
who shows up. She is a blonde woman, blue eyes, flowing white robes uh, with the mm-hmm. uh, symbol of the morning lord uh, kind of embroidered beautifully on her, uh, uh, the, the chest of this robe. It's a pullover robe, not so much a... <laughs> anyway, uh, she says, yes, I uh, understand that there has been uh, a very important request made. I'm about to do a service, so please tell me it immediately so that I may go on with my business. Uh, I need to find out what happened to my brother. This guy was impersonating him, he, and he, he took some poison and he killed himself, and now I, I don't know where my brother is, and I don't know what's happening, and I don't know why these doppelgangers keep trying targeting him, and I don't even know if, if I've ever seen my brother again. Help, please. I drunk, he just burst out crying. Uh, make me a uh, persuasion check or a deception check if you're not actually crying. <laughs> I can't tell from that whether that was you actually trying to do it or or uh, you were putting it on. Uh, Eighteen. Ooh. Do I have to tell you which one I did? No, actually, you don't. Um, she says, uh, wow, wow I, I, uh, yes, I understand. And he, she kind of gives a consoling rub of your uh, back. Um, says, of, of, of course, of course. I didn't realize this was of, of such import. And she uh, kneels down uh, to the body that you had kind of plopped unceremoniously on the floor there. Uh, oh, and she, you know, makes like a like kind of, you know, sound that she's kind of examining the body and, and uh, a bit interested, but doesn't ask any questions. She just uh, lays hands upon it and uh, she mutters a prayer to uh, Lathander. Uh, she doesn't kind of call it out. She's a little bit private about what she says. Um, and uh, then she says, it is done. What? And the uh, creature um, lying on the ground uh, doesn't, move or 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 look like as if it is alive in any way but you just get the sense that there is a presence within the room oh and uh, she says you may ask is my amulet doing anything your amulet uh that shows whether a uh doppelganger is uh it sort of shows the real identity if it is a doppelganger. Uh, doesn't appear to be doing anything. No. Okay. Um, so I drunk. He gets real close to the doppelganger body thing and just says, "Where is Daryl Two Shoes?" And you see the lips move of uh, this creature. And again, it was like kind of frothy. Some of it is dried, uh, and it just kind of animates in a really disgusting way and says, "Yeah, brother." Is close. Who do you work for? I work for the greater power that will destroy this city. Crunky tries really hard not to choke him out again. <laughs> um, again, he's dead already. Yes. <laughs> I know. She's going to read, she's going to kill him all over again. Uh, but I don't want to do that in front of this nice priest lady. Okay. Um, where exactly is Daryl Two Shoes? Your fate is connected to his. <laughs> Why are you targeting Daryl Two Shoes? 
To gain information. To gain information about what? When assassination is possible. And you feel that presence that you felt uh, is, is now gone. Um, almost immediately after that happens. Open okay. up! Who's Someone's that? knocking uh, on the alley door that you had just come in. Uh, I asked the I, priest, like, do you know who that is? I do not. And Samson draws his sword. I pull out my daggers. You pull out your daggers? Yep. All right. Very tense. God. Find out what happens. That was scary, the next episode. Adventures with Drunky. Adventures with Drunky. All right. This is going to be fun, you guys. <laughs> <laughs>